Thank you for joining us at Luminous Church. And this morning, we hope that you see Jesus clearly. Good morning to you. Go ahead and shake your neighbor. Wake them up. Say good morning. It's funny, you may have noticed, but I went over there to hit record on this video camera and I felt a little narcissistic for a moment. I was like, oh my gosh, men record on myself. That is weird. But we do that for your benefit. We hope if you ever miss a Sunday morning, ever miss a sermon, that you would be able to catch up with us online or through our app. Um, we want you to stay connected. We're, we are a family. And uh, just like a family, if you don't go to a family reunion, then you kind of miss out on what the family happenings were that year, right? And, and that's the same with Luminous Church. If, if you miss a Sunday, and there's absolute liberty to do that, but if you miss a Sunday, um, you, you may miss out on some happenings of what's happening in our church. And so, so this is a great way. I love technology. love that we can engage Engage each other through technology. I hope that it's a resource for you, a benefit for you. It's great seeing you this morning. This is our conclusion to the Apostles' Creed. And if you want to know um, kind of how we structure things at Luminous Church, what we do is in the summer, we really believe that that is kind of an intense time to speak on some kind of doctrine or theology, um, to take you maybe through a book of the Bible exegetically, line by line, verse by verse. Uh, we believe that it's a great time to equip you and to give you more knowledge, although too much knowledge, you'll be puffed up and we don't want that. So, so we try to give you a little bit of knowledge. And then next week, we'll kick off our At The Movie series, and, uh, which is totally different paradox to what we're doing in this moment. It is completely different, but we do At The Movie series in order to uh, invite your friends, invite your family, invite your coworkers and your neighbors. It's a time to say, hey, check it out. We meet in a movie theater. And we're doing at the movie series. We're giving away free popcorn. You can win free movie tickets. It's going to be awesome. I'm telling you, it's going to be amazing. You may see Darth Vader running around here next week or something like that. It, it'll be crazy. I, I guarantee you that. It'll be crazy. But this is for the sole purpose because we will do anything, anything short of sin to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, we will. We will. We'll do anything at all means to, to let them know that Jesus is amazing. And a life with him is absolutely awesome. And so before we get into the, uh, the movie series and all our fun elements, creative elements for that, would you stand with me as we read the Apostles' Creed for the last time in this series together? Now we're, we're batting 50 on this. First week, we didn't do so well uh, reading this together. Last week, we did much better. So I believe that we're going to do awesome and also believe in God. And I hope you do too. Let's read this together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. 
He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Give yourself a big hand. Incredible. My hope and my prayer when we started this creed, that we would join with the saints 1,500 years ago. As we recite this creed, we're joining in with all of those under the banner of Jesus. And we're joining them and joining history and joining the present as well as joining the future. We're joining people under the banner of Jesus. And that's the point of this creed is to unite and join us together. The creed without the scripture would be pointless. We need the scripture. We need the gospel. And that why, that's why we aren't preaching from the creed. But we're using the creed as a blueprint. And we'll use scripture to preach from this morning. In 1997. 1997, I was in high school. That was so long ago. That was almost two decades ago. Can anybody relate? Anybody not born? Awesome. All y'all were born. That's great. Man, we have a great age church. So in 1997, I received my first car. It was a Bronco 2 1989 model. A Bronco 2 1989 model. Now, this was one of the first SUVs of its time. It was, it was awesome. And I was so excited about this vehicle. But this vehicle, 1989 to 1997, is already nine years old. And then when I got into this vehicle, it, it had a little smell, right? Anybody have an old car in here has a little smell to it? It, it smells like the foam is, is dirty. You know the foam, how it used to be soft, but now it's kind of crusty. It, it was a little like that. I drove this car and it was awesome, but, but it, it quickly lost its air condition as well. Uh, the AC went out in West Texas that is extremely hot. And, and, then, and then one winter, my, my driver's side window wouldn't roll all the way up. And so I remember driving my brother to school one morning and we were, we were freezing because the heater didn't work as well. And, and we were freezing, we put on our gloves and, and we're sitting there and we just start laughing hysterically because it was snowing that morning and snow was coming through our window and we couldn't help but laugh after we stopped at 7-Eleven to put 25 cents of gas right before we left the school so we would make it. This was my life. This was my car and I loved this car. Equally, I had friends who had brand new cars. Cars with that new car smell. You know what I'm talking about because a lot of you purchased that kind of car after college and didn't care what the price tag was because you had a car like mine and so you were ready to upgrade. A brand new car, it smells good. The, the foam is soft, it, it's unique. The windows go all the way up. The AC works and the heater works and all these things work. It was, it was incredible. The difference between the old and the new. The difference between the old and the new, there is so much difference. And this morning I want to tell you that there is so much difference between our old body and our new body. 
The new body that God is going to place and give us is going to be so much better, so much greater. And yet it will look a lot like our old body, except it'll smell good. And it'll be amazing. A brand new car is really a poor analogy even for this moment. You see, it, it, we all hope for things, don't we? We all hope for things. We, all of us are... are navigated by some sort of hope. Some sort of hope. We, we hope for the future. We hope for things. Some of us hope for a new car. And we have temporal hopes, but we also have eternal hopes. And us as believers, us as Christians, us, thus, us who are in Jesus have an eternal hope in Jesus. An eternal hope of life resurrected and a new body. 1 Corinthians 15.32 this is one of the doctrines that, that our faith is based on. If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. We believe that there is resurrection life, that there is going to be a new body and there's going to be a new life and that our dead body and our old body will, will cease to exist as it is and we will be raised up in a glorified body. We believe in the resurrection life. We believe that Jesus, our Savior, our Messiah, is resurrected. We believe that He had a glorified body and that He conquered the tomb. And if it were not so, then let us eat, drink, be merry. Do whatever we want with our body. Gratify the flesh in any way possible. Let us, let us spend our body away because it won't It'll cease to exist that there is no resurrection of life. There is no resurrection, but there is a resurrection. If the dead are not raised, then our faith is in vain. If Jesus wasn't raised, there would be no power over death. There would be no hope that we would be resurrected as well. Paul writes about this in 1 Corinthians 15. If you have your Bibles, you turn there, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 35, and we will read a lengthy scripture together this morning. Now, this whole idea is maybe freaking some people out, right? Resurrected life, resurrected bodies, new bodies, holy bodies, glorified bodies, all, the, all that we're going to talk about, it used to freak me out. Can I just be honest? Can, can we just talk about history? Can we just talk about like when the Israelites overcame the Amorites? Can we just talk about that? Can we talk about something of old, something in the past, something that's happened, something that's tangible? Do we really have to sit here and think about heaven and glorified bodies and new bodies? It's just weird, right? Am I the only one? I'm alone up here. For me, it was weird. It, it was like, man, it's just so spooky. It's so mysterious. I just want to focus on the here and now. I don't even want to entertain that. But once you begin to read it, once you begin to understand, once you begin to understand who God is and, and what he has promised, it is beautiful. And a lot of our a lot of our insecurities in thinking about this, a lot of our frustrations about thinking of, about the future is our ignorance to the future. And we don't really know what it's going to be like. We really it seems so unpredictable. It seems so mysterious. Have you ever gone to a party and you wanted to eat something, but you didn't know what was in it? Yeah. And you're like, I, 
I just don't know if I can participate in that moment. I think I'll stay safe over here. Oh, oh, chocolate chips and a cookie. Awesome. I'm going to do that. Oh, look, strawberries. I know where that comes from. But this, I mean, I just, I don't know what it is. I, I don't know what's in there. And if I were to know what's in there, I may not want to eat it. Or it could be glorious. could be amazing. And I could be missing out on something. So I hope, I hope this morning that we dissect just a little bit about what's in this dish, what God has for us. 1 Corinthians 15, 35. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? You foolish person. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And what you sow is not the body that is to be, but a bare kernel, perhaps of wheat or of some other grain. But God gives it a body as he has chosen. It's each kind of seed its own body. For not all flesh is the same, but there is one kind for humans, another kind for animals, another for birds, and another for fish. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly is one of a kind, and the glory of the earthly is of another. There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, for star differs from star in glory. So is it with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a living being. A life-giving spirit. But it's not the spiritual that is first, but the natural. And then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. Mystery and victory. I tell you this, brothers. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the same that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. So what happens when we die? It's a million dollar question that everybody's been asking. What happens when we die? If I had a million dollars, if I could just go and ask somebody, well, what happens when we die, we believe is a resurrected body. It is not a ghost. You don't become a ghost. 
I mean, I know some of you want to become ghosts. Some of you want to end up, you know, um, spooking your neighbor after you die, right? Some of you want to do that, but, but you don't become a ghost. You don't become reincarnated. Like, like some of us want to do good in life and we'll be reincarnated into Brad Pitt's son. You know, that would be awesome. You know, we, we'd have an awesome body, awesome stuff. It would be great. That doesn't happen. We also don't cease to be absent or cease to exist. We get a resurrected body. When the dead is resurrected, we get a new body. And it is imperishable. Imperishable. No more sickness. No more death. It is brand new. Brand new. And for a lot of us in this room, that is hope. Hope that I'm going to get a body that is imperishable. Hope that, that I'm going to get a body that, that is so much better, so much greater than the body I live in now. This week, I experienced multiple life events. Monday and Tuesday, we went to a wedding. It was a great celebration. It was awesome. He had chicken and waffles at this wedding. It was <laughs> glorious. I promise you. It was awesome. But then Wednesday, we went to J. Tom's grandfather's funeral. And then Saturday, I went to a friend's graduation who just got his PhD. And throughout this week, I saw different people in different life stages. I saw some people who were so, so excited. Man, thank God I have this body and I'm now married. <laughs> and then I saw some people who were suffering and couldn't wait to be home with their father. Couldn't wait to be home to see Jesus face to face. In his last moments, Mr. Gocher, he... He was thinking about what heaven would be like. What is it going to be like to be with the Father? What is it going to be like to have a new body? There are people in life stages all throughout this room. There are people in life stages and some of you are suffering. Some of you are rejoicing. Some of you can't wait for a new body. And some of you are kind of happy with the body you got. We're all over the place, but I will tell you this. It is going to be amazing when we get an imperishable body. A body that won't know pain. And our present suffering will just be a moment. Do you realize that life today is but a blink of an eye? And, and you may have woke up this week like I did, where you felt like this day would never end. This is the worst day of my life. And you had one of those days before. It's not going to get any worse than today. This is the worst. But 10,000 years from now, when we're in glory, we're going to look back at that day and it was going to be so short. Man, that was so quick. That suffering was so quick. But here I am in my everlasting body. And it's so glorious. You will be a body in glory. It means it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. There won't be another thought of, am I ugly today? <laughs> did, did, am, I, am I 
dog up enough to get outside so that other people will accept me. There's not going to be that thought anymore. You're going to be loved just the way you are. You're going to be amazing and you're going to believe it. You're going to believe it. You're going to believe that, man, in this body, it is going to be beautiful. It'll be a body that's raised up in power. That means that God's going to have stuff for you to do in heaven. And you'll have enough strength to complete the task. How many of you feel like you don't have enough strength to do what you're doing currently? Not enough strength as a mom. Not enough strength as a dad. Not enough strength in medical school. Not enough strength throughout your work week. I just, I don't have enough. I've run out of breath. I've run out. But God's going to give you enough power to do what he's called you to do. It'll be a spiritual body. A spiritual body doesn't mean we'll be spirits who go back into God. We're not going to be many gods. We're not going to do that. We, we will have a spiritual body. It's a body that God exactly intended for you. Perfect. Perfect. And 1 John 3, 2. We will also have a body that is like Jesus. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. We'll be like him. I know that some of you are loving the new Instagram, like the new life story. Like it's awesome because you're following like Taylor Swift and, and Bieber and, and whoever else you follow in life. And you look at them and you look at their story and you look at their life and you're like, man, I want to be like them. I want the fortune that they have. I want the fame that they have. I want the status that they have. I want to be like them. Did you see how many followers they have? Like one million. I'm still trying to get to the 1K. You know, like the 1K is going to be awesome when there's no longer, you know, 452. Like 1K, that's when I've arrived. It's awesome. They have one million. 20 million followers. It's, it's crazy. And celebrity status is so awesome. But really what I think, what I think at the end of the day, what we really want when we follow celebrities is we want to be known. We want to be known. We, we want somebody to know us. And if we have enough likes on a post, if we have enough followers, if Ben Chapman ever makes the 1K, then he will be known. But when we're like Jesus, when we become like God's son, we will forever be known. We will be known more than we could ever thought of being known. In a resurrected body, you will be known. 1 Corinthians 13, 12, for now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully even as I'm fully known, that I will know completely in a resurrected body just how much God knows me. And God knows you that well, even today. As those who are sons and daughters of King Jesus, 
of the Father, as those who are sons and daughters of the Father, and who Jesus paid the price for, those who are in Him, He fully knows you. But when you are resurrected in your body, you're going to be like, Man, I'm known. He's going to be like, I told you so. I've been trying to tell you for days. I've been trying to tell you all week. That's been every Sunday trying to tell you. He knows you. He knows you. But when I'm resurrected, I will never have a bad day. I'll have, never have a day where I don't believe it. I believe that I'm known. Verse 55, oh death, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your sting? A story of hope. A story of hope. People who can confess this on their last breath. Where is your sting? For better is it for me to die than to live. I will gain much more. It is so much greater. It is so much better. It is so much more fulfilling. And the people in San Antonio and the people in this room and the people every day that we encounter who don't believe this, who aren't convinced of this, if they aren't convinced, oh, death, where is your sting? Then their hope is in their own control. Because whatever you control, you begin to, you begin to hold on to. And eventually, eventually, those who don't believe that death is being conquered, they'll try to control their life in such a way to live longer, to breathe longer, to have more fulfilling life, to control every aspect. They'll do whatever they can and you become a control freak. Some of you may be like that this morning. Maybe you came in this room and you aren't fully convinced that death is conquered. Maybe you aren't fully convinced that Jesus is going to give you a new body. That the dead are resurrected. And you find yourself freaking out. And anxiety sets in. And you become an anxious person. Worried about everything. And the more you worry, the more you control. And the more you worry, the more you control. The more you worry, the more you control. Because that's what happens. But death, where is your sting? You won't control me, for I know my place. And it's a place of life everlasting. Discovery. You know what's amazing is anybody playing Pokemon Go right now? Like it's awesome, right? Like I keep discovering new stops, like new things, new new creatures, new animals. It's so addicting. This game never ends. I keep finding something new. Discovery. Life everlasting will be discovery with God. It'll be like Pokemon Go with God, where there's a God stop and a and a God power up and a God this and a God that. He's going to reveal more and more and more of Himself to you, and it will be life everlasting. You will never, never know the fullness of God. And so, so when you're like, man, I had I, I discovered everything about God. 
then he shows up and he shows you more. And he shows up and he'll show you more. Continued discovery is life everlasting. And life everlasting is eternity. Everybody I meet tell, my, tell me, hey, enjoy your kids because it's over before you know. Right? Like any grandparents in here who would tell their kids that, enjoy it. It's going to be over before you know it. Okay, what do I do with that? Let's play more. I don't know. Can't stop it. Right? It's true. We, we say this oftentimes. Life is too short. Isn't that the beauty of eternity? Isn't that the beauty of being with the Father? Is that life gets to be enjoyed? That we'll get to play with our children in heaven? We'll get to play and have fun? We'll get to have an exciting time and life everlasting? You'll never get old and never get boring. It'll never get stale. Life everlasting will be new and refreshing and life-giving. Life everlasting will also be no more. No more tears. No more pain. No more sorrow. Revelation 21.3 comforts us in this. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. Amen. Amen. Let it be so. I believe in God. I believe in life resurrected. I believe in everlasting life. Amen. Let it be so. As David comes to close us out, let it be so. Let us say amen after the creed. Amen is the stamp. It's the seal. It's the political ad says, I approve of this message. It is that of the creed. I approve of this creed. I approve of it. Let it be so. 2 Corinthians 1.20 For all the promises of God find their yes in him. That's why it is through him that we utter our amen to God. For his glory. If you would stand with me this morning. You know. 10,000 years from now. You'll look back on your life. And say that was just a moment. Of suffering. It was just a moment of pain, right, Stephen? It was just an ankle that was temporarily hurt. It was a little pain. It was a little mourning. It was a little crying. But 10,000 years from now, to God be the glory. And the reason that we get resurrected bodies and life 
everlasting. It's not because Janelle's a good person. It's not because Andy is so awesome. It's because of Jesus. Jesus took our place on the cross. He took our guilt, he took our shame, he took our sin. He said, hey, I'm going to die for you. So that you can have life to the full. We're going to sing an old hymn together. That will reflect and bring God's perspective into alignment as we close this series. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To find out more about service times, giving, and community groups that meet throughout the week, please visit us online at luminouschurch.org.